All right. And then we'll begin. Bad Pen Pals is brought to you today by Water H2O. Oh, yeah. This episode of The Bad Pen Pal is brought to you by H2O, the band that used to be good. <laughs> Hi. I'm Colin Parker, and I'm your host. This is The Bad Pen Pal, the show that's all about how I am not very good at staying in touch with friends, but I am good at podcasting. So I use this as an excuse to catch up with people. So joining me today is a very good friend, Mr. James Anderson. Hello. Colin, hey, how's it going? How are you? It's, it's going great. Uh, now, James, uh, I yes. will let you introduce yourself in a second, but okay. I will give sort of a very brief, uh, like, kind of, for lack of a better term, background as far as how James and I know each other. We met through the Mimbim Bambino podcasters group, which uh, a lot of the guests on this show have come from, but also um, that's how our entire network uh, got to know each other, and that's how we all met. And so James, uh, we, like, our friendship really grew through the fact that we had an affinity for one band in particular, and that is Blink-182. Yes. So you have probably heard me talk before about how I sometimes guest on a show, and that show is James's show. So James, why don't you talk about that show and also the other show that you have? Um, Okay. Well, uh, hi. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm James Anderson. Uh, I host... um, podcasts uh just because i you know i just love the sound of my own voice so uh one of the podcasts (laughs) that i host uh that colin alluded to is called blink and you'll miss it it's a blink 182 discography podcast uh where we cover the songs of blink 182 as well as blink 182 side projects plus 44 and boxcar racer um we cover them in alphabetical order um and Cover like by song, and then uh, each episode is no more than five minutes long, and it publishes every weekday. I also uh, host, well, I co-host a show with my best friend Aaron um, called Unabashedly Obsessed, um, where we talk about things. Actually, we had a guest who said, actually, put it. We need to start working this into our into our pitches. Um, he likes our show because the the like nerds that we are are not like normal nerds like like you know we we've done a doctor who episode um but we like we do sort of deep dives on like pop we say, we say pop culture and not so pop culture so like you know when they announced that uh that the the new doctor was going to be a woman we did an episode on on like gender flips in pop culture right um called sweet gender flips because uh, the adventure song <laughs> um right sweet and flips um but like we also did like an episode <laughs> we did sort of a two-parter where we we did the the movie the sandlot because um the some uh, a bit, the brewers i think did a sandlot remake video um so we were like oh man the sandlot let's do that so we watched that and then the next week we watched uh, the sandlot colon heading home which is the third sandlot movie <laughs> mm-hmm. where luke perry gets sent back in time to when he played baseball in the sandlot so <laughs> um he learns valuable life life lessons i don't know if uh you expected him to but uh, he definitely does um so we like we like things related to pop culture or like time travel and like just like things that interest us and uh it sort of is a formatless show sometimes we'll we'll write a movie based on titles suggested by listeners and sometimes we'll read bad fan fiction like it, it it really depends on what we're 
thinking about or into at the moment. Right. So, um, but we don't talk about music very much because Aaron is not into music in the same way that I am, right. like the level of, of that I am. Um, so I have actually, so that's sort of why I started the Blinking You'll Miss It podcast because I like talking about music with myself and also with guests. I also have a, a countdown show uh, that I've mm-hmm. been doing since 2010 uh, where I count down the top 10 songs on Billboard's alternative songs chart, um, which, uh, Colin, you're, you're sort of in the area. Uh, DC yeah. 101 is basically yes. yeah. the, like, like I looked at the past number ones, like when I was thinking about should I start this back in like 2009, I was looking at the past number ones and I was like, oh, uh-huh, yep, 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 okay, yeah. So right. um, it's it's basically DC 101's playlist. Um, and <laughs> so I, but I also love Casey Kasem, and right. so like I was I want, just thinking that yeah, yeah. Um, my first the first post of the first episode was called like um, feet on the ground check uh, reaching for the stars check let's go or something like that some some cool 2010 live journal post but um, yeah so I've been doing that sort of under the radar a little bit because I'm not entirely sure about the legality because I play full songs and stuff um, so I have never uh, submitted to iTunes or whatever but uh, I do have like people can contact me. At, on my Twitter at the end of the show or whenever I plug it, and I will happily give RSS feeds and websites and stuff, you know, to if you want that under that real underground feel, that real <laughs> underground shit, <laughs> exactly. The of the realist. most popular songs on alternative. <laughs> right, 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 right. If you want your underground Casey Kasem fix, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Imagine Casey Kasem and Tyler Durden had a baby. Um, if Casey Kasem was part of like an underground, like 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 some sort of like nineteen nineties version of like post apocalyptic world, yes. and there's always like a gang that lives in the sewers, right? What would Casey Kasem's name be if he was like a part of that gang? Um, because I, I, I assume that he would have some sort of different like. For I mean, lack of Casey term, Kasem already is a pretty badass. That is actually pretty true. <laughs> He's like, I'm Casey Kasem, and your ass is going to die. Here's your long-distance dedication to your head. Wah! And right. I guess he has a baseball bat. I don't. Know, I gave him a baseball bat last minute. and uh... Right. No, I mean, it would, it would be great because, like, you know, I can imagine him, like, sitting on a rooftop, taking a, a drag from a cigarette one last time, looking at a folder, looking at, like, the, the mark, and then picking up the sniper rifle and then, and then saying the... I'm Casey Kasem, and this one going right to you. You know, I love it. I love it. Um, also, so uh, just to sort of peek behind the curtain, uh, yeah. we are recording this on Sunday night. Yes. Simultaneously, the Bethesda E3 showcase is happening, um, and I was watching it before we started doing this, and I have turned it off since. But I can tell that they are now talking about uh, like Skyrim and or Fallout because I have gotten. No less than 12 text messages in the last five minutes, just almost all of them exclusively saying Todd Howard in all caps. Um, <clears throat> so what's up with the eyes, though, Todd? Um, uh, so that's a little Monster Factory reference there for all of you McElroy fans. Um, so getting back to Casey Kasem's post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, I mean, like, obviously, you know, he was taken from us too soon to yeah. realize this. But I mean, like, I'm trying to think of, like... I can't think of any famous people who have done sort of like Casey Kasem impressions. Well, I mean, like, but. Uh, what what I always love, the thing I love about Casey Kasem is that he did, well, one thing I love is that he, he was more of a classical, like, 
classical music guy and actually mm-hmm. was like uh, so I like to imagine him like and now here's David Cassidy and just like you know now here's some more of this pop bullshit and like right. <laughs> like where's my Brahms where's my Beethoven no it's bass city rollers again <laughs> yeah I'm sure the fact that like when like iPods and stuff like that came out he had like one earbud in of like like La Gazzaladra like playing yeah. meanwhile like he's like he's like all right, this man writes in and says, <laughs> my wife of 25 years and I just celebrated. Like, we're looking to rekindle that marriage day. Can you play the number one song on this day and you know, from 1965? Well, friend, I certainly can. And he's like, here's Casey and the Sunshine Band. And that obviously 1965, that wouldn't have been accurate. You know what I'm trying right. to say. Uh, right. and, no, uh, I'm sorry. I, I really, I, this, is, this is me getting distracted. I got to um, um, look up this day on mm-hmm. 1965. Yeah. Sorry, it's uh. So it's uh, look important. up, look up the the day that the episode airs. So that uh, that's the twelfth. Twelfth of June. Okay, so ready, ready for a, a glimpse into my madness, Colin. Yes. So there was a there was a Billboard chart for the week ending June twelfth, nineteen sixty five. Perfect. However, Billboard's come out about well, they actually recently changed it, but up until very recently, they came out like. Seven to ten days before the chart date, so okay, it's the week ending. Whatever it used to be that on Thursday it would come out, and then it would be for the week ending the following Saturday. Okay, so like so, the I week ending June twelfth okay. is back in my arms again by the Supremes. However, mm. that chart probably came out closer to the previous week, where the previous week was "Help Me, Rhonda" by the Beach Boys. So okay. That's Interesting. Just a little, just a little, a little glimpse into into like basically my wife's life of of me being like, I just don't know which song came out on my birthday, I'm and like, like she's yeah. like, I just, I, I I'm going upstairs. Hmm. <laughs> I feel that you know, and like I like the fact that it's helped me, Rhonda, because immediately in my head I heard help me, Todd Howard. Uh, <laughs> I just I got Todd Howard on the brain. I mean, don't we all really? Uh, Fallout 76 just looks fantastic, folks. Um, but you know, hey, let's, let's move away from Todd Howard. Let's move away from, from the gaming industry. Ugh, those gamers. Am I right? (laughs) And let's, let's talk a little bit about one of the things that really just sort of, uh, that, I mean, like really just the thing that sort of brought us together. Let's, for, before we move into anything, let's just talk about Blink for a second. Okay. Um, and I want to kind of put you on the spot a little bit here and say, I also understand that, like, because this is the same for me, at least, right, that my favorites are at any given point change from day to day. Mm-hmm. So what would you say today are your top five Blink-182 songs? Oh, okay. Um, Apple Shampoo is number one, and okay. it always will be. Going Away to College. Mm-hmm. Anthem is number three. I've always had a special place in my heart for Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. It really won me over. Like at first, I felt like a prisoner, and then like by the end, I really had grown to really love Stockholm Syndrome. See, um, I knew that that's exactly where that joke was going. <laughs> um, also, because I was thinking about making the same joke when because you, you were like, "Yeah, you know, it kind of has a special place in my heart." And I was going to say, "Are you sure it didn't just sort of like weasel its way in?" <laughs> um. Uh... Actually, no, take Stockholm Syndrome off. I think I'm going to put Feeling This, and then maybe like Pathetic? Maybe Pathetic. 
Yeah. Okay. Good. That's a that's a good song. I feel you. I think that for me, um, "Man Overboard" will probably yeah. always be my number one. That's a good one. Um, that's a very good one. I just I there's just something about it. Yeah. That makes me love it. Yeah. Um, Damn it has a special place in my heart. And I think that like it's kind of in a way a cheap answer because I think obviously everyone knows that song. Everyone loves that. But that was my very first introduction mm. to Blink-22. I was very young and that mm. was the song that I was introduced on. So I was like, oh. Yeah. But I was definitely. introduced to it as Enema of the State was coming out. Mm-hmm. So that song sort of ties with um, basically all of Enema of the State. Right. But, you know, I mean, like, it's honestly Wendy Clear, I think, is, mm-hmm. is probably because I think that's the song that really made me go, mm-hmm. yeah, this album. Yeah. Um, you know, What's My Age Again is certainly incredible. Um, I think that it, it What's but, My Age Again um, comes back around to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like. Sometimes I, I I'm struck by how great a song that is. Like it, yes, it it was one of my first. Um, I told this story, but sometimes my show is my 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 show is so short that I forget what I cut. Um, right? Because yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, so I told this story, I think, but maybe not. Um, my friend actually played me Dude Ranch like in like ninety. Eight, like ninth grade of, of high school, mm-hmm. a friend, kind of a friend of a friend. Like we were sort of had a mutual friend that we hung out with him. So we sort of hung out with each other. He was like, oh man, you got to listen to this. Um, he played me a Buck 09 CD that didn't oh, take. Oh boy. Which, <laughs> um, and then he was like, oh, I got a new one. Listen, check out, check this out. And he put on Dude Ranch. And first song of Dude Ranch is pathetic. I've I've listed it right. as per, perhaps my one, at least one of my fifth, you know, top five favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm, no, this isn't for me. And I don't know what what it was that I wanted or what so it was that pathetic was your Stockholm syndrome. I, I guess, I guess. I mean, like a lot of songs really needed the Mark, Tom, and Travis show live album to really hit home for me. That's also fair. I mean, you know, and that that is definitely a thing because a lot of the times, something that like I've sort of had an issue with with some musicians, it's not that their recordings are bad. That's not at all the case. But it is that thing of a studio recording never captures the energy Mm. of a live performance. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, like I have a very close friend that I went to high school with. His name is Austin Antoine who used to hold the world record for the world's longest freestyle rap. And he does, like, his music is incredible, right? And, like, his recordings are fantastic. And I love them because they all sort of, uh, a lot of them tell, like, very specific short stories, Mm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. As opposed to being like, oh, here's something that's kind of, um, not vague, but a lot of the times songs have, like, lyrics that everyone can sort of relate to. Right. um, And... Yet this is like very specific, like like very specific, like this is specific to me, like you know him, right? But yet that also somehow makes it relatable, right? Because right. you go, that's kind of like how this happened to me, right? right? But the thing is that when you see him live, it is a totally different thing because he was a theater major, mm-hmm. um, and so his shows include comedies like sketch comedy yeah. uh and like a little bit of like vaudeville like stuff nice. and like kind of like kind of like like not necessarily monologuing but there's there are literal scenes in mm-hmm. between things that yeah. help bridge the gap and like you don't get that in an album yeah. and the mark tom and travis show you know you took these songs that were just sort of i mean and even punk pop pop punk i mean um 
can still be kind of driving, mm-hmm. but when you get live stuff, like the the adrenaline pushes that tempo like 10, 15, 20 clicks. Right. And then yep. you get songs that like uh Don't Leave Me is like impossibly fast. Right. Yep. Um, you know, on that album and you're like, yeah. like I can't even say it up. Like it's fast <laughs> enough. You know, it's like, and especially back then when they weren't amazing players yet, it's like, how did they get that rhythm that tight right. that fast? But yeah, you know, and I, so I totally feel that. And like, you know, um, Untitled and hold on, Dick Lips um, with Travis on drums are. Oh, yeah. Like uh, virtuosic performances. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I always think of Untitled as the, as the prime example of it, but it, on, in Dick Lips too, it's. It's basically for the whole song. He's playing what Scott was playing plus another whole like part right. on, underneath it. Um, so I mean, like, so anyways, like, so I, I listened to Do Ranch and I, it, I was like, no, this isn't for me. And I don't know what it was that I was looking for or what what it was that I didn't hear that I wanted to hear. And so then I saw them at H Festival when I won tickets to H mm-hmm. Festival '99 where Good Charlotte played in a hex in Fairfax uh, as we wow. snaked the... Yeah, Good Charlotte, before they were Good Charlotte, it was just Benji and Joel on acoustic guitars where the mannequins stood as we snaked <laughs> our way around to try and win tickets. It was surreal to see them a couple years later with the with you know breaking through in music videos and stuff. Um, so... Uh, and I, I saw them play, and it was really great. And then I then a friend loaned me a different friend loaned me Enema, and um, the the line in uh, "Don't Leave Me" actually about uh, um, I said, "Don't let my uh, past don't let, don't let your future be destroyed by my past." She said, "Don't let my door hit your ass." Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, that's was, a great was, was where I was where I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that that's it, that's it. I'm in. Um, but yes. what's my age again? It's basically like three scenes of this, yes. like, you get like, kind of like, I always talk about like the math of a song, and I don't mean like mm-hmm. the time signatures, I mean like, you know how, like there's a there's no effects song called Monosyllabic Girl. Yes. Oh, I love that song. That's I love that song, song too, because you can see the math of it from the start. And you can you can play along. It's sort of like how like Run DMC or Beastie Boys, you could you could sing the rhymes because they let they led very hard with like you know blah blah, right. blah blah taco. I'm sure that there's no taco rhyme in, in either of them, although I'm not right. sure. Um, in in Monoslavic Girl, you know that the joke is that she only speaks in one syllable words. Right. So you can be like you know I say diamond, she says pearl. Right. That's literally the exact one <laughs> that my mind went to. Right. You know. Um, um, so I love that in What's Mage again, you're like, all right, so here, the math is a little more complicated and a little less straightforward, but like, it's like, here's a guy who's just a big, dumb, juvenile asshole. Right. Here are three scenes where he is and that's it. And yes. like, it's, it's so perfect because it's like, like it, it's sort of like the verses sort of run over their time signatures and like, mm-hmm. like the, the, the lines run over the the rhythms that they're allow you know that they're allotted because Mark is right. basically telling a story, um, yes. and that, that, and so like that plus the don't leave me line I was like okay no this is this is something that I want to get into and then going going away to college, right I was like oh this is what I want I think I said on the going away to college episode this is what I'd like all my pop punk to be 
forever. If they could all just be going away to college, I think I'd be just fine. Yeah, no, that's definitely a very good song. Like I, you know, and again, I, I don't know how to say this. Like, it's not that Tom's stuff was never good. You know what I mean? Because like, for example, I was on Anthem and Anthem Part Two, and we talked about yeah. how good that both of those are and how cool it is that they sort of answers uh, something like it it builds upon something that he's already yeah. built and it's it's an important thing but like mark just really knocks it out of the park like every time now is it i was gonna i was actually gonna make one point and now i'm not sure if i want to make the opposite point so this is a this is a, a well thought out thing i'm about to say um in terms of specificity like we were talking with your friend like mm-hmm. Writing specific verses about his life versus verses that everyone can relate to. I was about to say, maybe Tom is better at writing verses that are more universal, like Anthem and Anthem Part Two, where it's like, let's all, hey kids, let's all get That's together very and whatever. True. But Mark is the more, Mark is the Paul McCartney for sure. Yes, absolutely. So he's he's the one writing the pop. He's know, the one bullshit. that like is... he's the one that's writing the pop songs for the kids, right? So I don't know. <laughs> like, well, I mean, he's you know he definitely wants to be more impish and whimsical, while you yeah. know he's while Tom is over there being kind of dark and brooding because right. like you but, know like Tom kind of goes from being like <laughs> blowjobs right and then all of a sudden like my parents' divorce really messed me up and it's like <laughs> what right. happened like you took a <laughs> a hard turn there yeah it's it's um I think he started off telling more specific stories. And then I think he started to check out a lot earlier than he gets maybe credit for, or like he, then he yeah. gets like I think he sort of was able to play the game longer than he wanted to, but able to mask it for. I bet he. I think he probably basically. I feel like Enema was basically. I think it for him. Um, I think it's more of like I think it was more of like he just started getting lazier. Is really mm-hmm. what it was. I'm not so sure he necessarily checked out, but I think it's like this thing of like he found that like he could. Still write a, a like for example like uh, take off your pants and jacket. I think made him aware that he could write a song like first date, right? And and still have a hit. And he's kind of like, oh, I kind of don't have to work as hard as I used to, you right. know, or as well, as as I as much as I used to think I had to. You know? I mean, I I mean that's a, those are that's a that and the rock show are sort of are sort of rough examples because they were they were. We, you know, you guys are are trying too hard. We need you to fall off a log a little bit more, um, and make some make some you know summary right. pop punk anthems. Um, and Tom's like anthem part. Th- no, no, Tom, no, no more anthems. Literally, but like, <laughs> um, right. But now, I mean, like, so boxcar racer has really been um, sort of redeemed by by this podcast I've done. Um, I was sort of turned off by Boxcar Racer when it first came out because it wasn't enough bo- like Blink. Right. Um, and I listened to it through the other day, having done basically half a uh, half a podcast about, um, you know, I'm, I'm about, I think next week I get to my halfway point in my, in my first season. Um, and I listened to it and I was like, these songs hold up a lot better than I thought they did. And it right. may be that um, that um, I I'm sorry I'm going to mute a group chat is going off because Backstreet Boys is playing at a wedding. Um, now, okay, hang on, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean that like the DJ put on a Backstreet Boys song, 
Or do you mean somehow someone miraculously got Backstreet Boys to play at their wedding? Well, now I have Backstreet Backstreet's back is playing at this wedding, so I have to assume it was the okay. DJ. It's it. It could be a very specific and under like definitely burying the lead call out to a specific set list in a concert. But I think that that right. that it. I think it's just a DJ situation. Um, okay. But uh, ooh, the DJ situation. That's that's a good band. <laughs> like. Unfortunately, I I feel like if you weren't if you aren't from from. Uh, if you aren't a celebrity from the Jersey Shore, I'm not sure DJ situation is really going to... Uh... Oh, no, no. I don't mean like... Sorry. I, I, there's a the in there. So like, it's not like you're saying, I am DJ situation. You're saying okay. it's the situation about the DJ. It's like, oh my God, it's the DJ situation. It's oh, okay. Like, oh, no. Cool. All right. I get it. I get you. I get you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe maybe that's too confusing. So maybe that's not a good band name, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. I think band names need to be a little... They have to have a little spice of, I don't get it mixed in in order to like really work in like i feel matchbox that. 20 yeah i i mean i get it but also huh like real big fish right. less than jake uh, well yeah stack exactly. like pancakes <laughs> um wait, wait wait hold on was that a shout out <laughs> was that, it, well, was a, that a plug yeah. <laughs> Stack like pancakes. Hey, they have a new album coming out in September, so be sure to keep an eye for it. Um, no, but uh, you know, it's I, I I kind of only mentioned it because on the very last episode of this show, we, Zach of Stack like pancakes was on. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, but you know, it's that that's very true. Most good band names, uh, with the exception of some of the older ones, like there's some classics like the Beatles. You know what I mean? Like right, but even that is is beat. Like it's Beatles spelled wrong, so like it has true, true. Um, it's there actually is a, a bit of it. Um, I was reading, I was reading a, a book of Nick Nick Hornby essays, and uh, he said, and this is I'm, what I'm about to say is why I love Nick Hornby, both fiction and nonfiction writer. Um, mm-hmm. He said something went over like a Led Zeppelin, and he spelled it L E A D, and then parenthetically he's like. Now, doesn't that look weird spelled like that? Right, yeah. (laughs) Because that's how it should be spelled, but Led Zeppelin spelled their name wrong, or they spelled it, it's a different kind of lead, um, so that now we think of, like, the beat, I don't don't ever think of the word Beatles as not being spelled with a beat pun in there. Right. Um, And I don't ever think of lead in terms of Zeppelin's, as being spelled with an A, you know, stuff right, like right, that. Right, right, um, But like, yeah. Um, well, but like Ben Folds 5 is an interesting one because mm-hmm. it's a play on the Ben Folds 5, like a group of five, a quintet featuring right. Ben Folds. Now they're a trio, so that's joke one. Right. Joke two is, it. it's a poker pun because mm. he folds five, he gives up. And also, it has that element of, but also, I, I don't, like, I get it, but, like, your name is weird and memorable. And that's really what it right. comes down to. Yeah, That's very true. I mean, like, I, it, it, like, there are some names that are sometimes so bizarre that it doesn't stick. Yes. So, you, know, you have to, like, it has to be, that makes you go, that's interesting. And now I need to, I need to be able to look that up later because I, I need to, like, I need to find out more. Because that 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 caught my interest. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was um, a band that I that I I kept com- They kept being featured on Vans Warped Tour comp- comps, and I kept 
hating them because I hated their name so much. Um, yeah, while there's I a look- lot of bands on Vans Warped Tour that I hate, but not because of their names. Just <laughs> they really weren't that great. Um, I have to say that that the most recent uh, band name that shouldn't work, but for some reason does really work for me, is Chunk No Captain Chunk. Um, have you ever heard of this French pop punk band? No. Um, they, so their name is Chunk No Captain Chunk. Chunk exclamation point, no comma, Captain Chunk exclamation point. Now, of course, I think it's also a Goonies reference. I think Ch- Chunk was, was, was the name of that large mutant, I believe. It's been a long time since I've seen the Goonies, unfortunately. But I've, Wait, I've always assumed it was, it was a Goonies reference. Now, I'm not positive no, about the, that. The, you're, t- you're talking about like the, the... Holy the, crap, stacked like pancakes. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, they they've been on uh, Vans Warped Tour a couple years. Uh, well, I I guess I should listen to this 2017 well, Vans Warped Tour comp, huh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but sorry, the character that I think I could be wrong, but maybe the character you're thinking of from Goonies is Sloth. I am thinking of Sloth. What was the okay? Uh, I then I've been wrong about this for long, long time. I think you're talking about the heavy set kid. Is the, is no? It is did he say maybe it's the the guy who did the truffle shuffle? Right was named Chunk because yes. Sloth Sloth befriended him and said and and said Chunk mm-hmm. and yeah so maybe Slo- that's what I was Sloth thinking. is hey you guys All right, right anyway, exactly um. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on the band name is taken from the scene in 1985 adventure comedy film The Goonies in which Chunk and Sloth arrive on the scene to help their friends oh wow okay so. see here's the thing I saw that movie uh, oh god let's let's see I saw that movie when I was like eight maybe nine yeah. And I have not seen it since. It's so like I remember very select few things, and of course everyone remembers Goonies Never Die, right? But like I, I have a very unfortunately selective memory of it. Um, so like that's something that I have to piece together. Although I will say, I have on my old phone, uh, which I'm sure I could probably find the file uh, at a public event once. Sean Aston once swore in uh, a room of about 200 people into the Goonies, but not with the shortened version, because usually when you go to like a convention or if you see them on the streets and say, hey, can I be a part of the Goonies? They will just give you the last line, maybe the last two lines. Right. But he did with us the entirety of it. So I have like a two minute long video of, you know, of everyone raising their hand and and doing the whole, you know, Goonies um, pledge. Right. And so I am a, like, I can say that I am a real true blue (laughs) Goonie. Um, which is great. So maybe I should go back and watch that. Um, yeah, but I mean, Sean Aston was great. It's been it's been a a, a long it's time been. for me as well. Um, so it's been more than one week. It's it has been more than one. Now, Bare Naked Ladies, but on the, the come to think of it, is another band name that uh, I sometimes wonder if they if if now uh, twenty seven years in thirty seven. 27 years math 27, is hard right? into their into their career if they're like god damn it why didn't we go with anything else why didn't no, we i think I'm sure, free beer was i think another one of their options um i'm sure they are just fine with it because like <laughs> the thing is that they do get attention from the fact that people are like should we be censoring this name you my, know it's like people are very confused by it my grandma bought me their live album um mm-hmm. Uh, Talking about rock after... spectacle. Yeah, Why exactly. do I know that? Uh, Why I do know. I know that? Uh, is it because you're a huge Bare Naked Ladies fan like me? No, I'm not even. Like okay. I don't. I know only like 
the name of uh, of two albums. Okay. Um, and like that's that's why I'm like, but like, why is that the one that I know? You know what I'm saying? Like it. Yeah. To me, it's very strange that I remember like not even one that I feel like I think I've actually heard. I'm not sure I've ever heard it. I know that. Um, that's uh, what stunt right is the name of the album <laughs> that one week is from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only other one that I know. But like again, I'm I'm not even into the band, so it's yeah. like you know, so it's just sort of like why um, why is that what sticks with me? Now I have not ever confirmed this, but my uh, two of my best friends uh, are huge Bare Naked Ladies fans, mm-hmm. and they make like I'm a, I like Bare Naked Ladies quite a lot, but they make me feel like a like a like a an amateur poser um when it comes to um Naked Ladies Love. And they have told me that it's pronounced rock spectac. And I don't know if they were pulling my leg. I or... feel like they must be, because why would that be that seems Because of French Canadian thing? But like they're dude, look, they may be Canadian, but like they're such an they're such an American group. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no way. I mean, again, obviously I'm not Canadian. I don't know what Canada, uh, Canadians do, but I would imagine that they are more popular here than they are in Canada. Uh, I don't know about that because they I feel like I never popular. hear about them ever. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like that. Like the only time I've heard about them in recent years is when Rooster Teeth. Is like, hey, we're making uh, like two or three music videos for them because we worked with them like, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. And so now it's like we've got to continue to work with them every time. And it's like, all right, hey, you know, do you. Like, I'm I'm a fan of your content, so like I'll let you do what you got to do, you know, or do what you want to do. Like, I'm not – not everything you make is for me, and I'm okay with that. Now, um, um, mm-hmm. tvtropes.org cites that their live album Rock Spectac is pronounced Rock Spectac. The L-E is silent. French L-E silent. Hang on a second. I'm looking up. I'm looking so, up this rule. Um, I Now, it may not be that my friends were pulling my leg. It may be a Bare Naked Ladies trolling situation, which seems way more, way more likely. Um, see, I don't see anywhere where it says L-E is silent in any word. You know, like, I'm literally looking, like, I typed in French L-E silent rule. Right. And like I I don't I don't see it. I feel like this has to be so like I feel like this is like one of those urban legends like about why Marilyn Manson mm, um mm-hmm. you know took out a part of his rib cage. Yeah. Um you know it's like stuff like that. I think I think that here's here's my I'm going to 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 put this case to bed. Okay. And say that bare naked ladies are were trolling whoever it was that asked them how to pronounce it. As sort of a yeah, they they yes anded themselves into canon among their fans. That's that's my that's right. my uh, that's my guess, and that's that's uh, that's what I'm gonna go with. Hey everybody, it's your good friend here, Colin, uh, here in the mail room. Just checking through some messages real quick, and since this is such a long episode, uh, let's just go ahead and kind of power through just one ad this week. Let's just do one quick one. And uh, I'm excited about this one because it's a brand new sponsor to the Scavengers Network. So let's talk about Skillshare, shall we? Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, technology, and more. 
anyone can join the millions of members in our community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. For just under $10 a month, get access to thousands of Skillshare classes taught by the world's best teachers in all of the amazing categories that Skillshare has to offer. Each class has a project so you can put your new skills into practice and share your work with other community members around the world. And since you're a Scavengers Network listener, you can get two months for free. Two months of free classes just by going to bit.ly slash skillscav. That's bit.ly slash S-K-I-L-L-S-C-A-V. Skillshare, the skills you need to succeed. All right, and let's cut back over to the uh, episode here with James Anderson. The whole reason that we originally brought Blink-182, right? Yes. Uh, is because we were talking about pop punk music. Yes. Um, oh, and sorry, and just in case, because I, I don't think I actually said this, uh, the last two songs on my thing were Cynical mm. and uh, recently, honestly, I've really been feeling... Um, uh, uh No, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, how can I forget the name of the song? It's Roller Coaster. Hey, I'm sorry. I don't know why I couldn't remember the name of that song. Like, I just had a major, like, brain malfunction for a moment. Like, my brain was like, what? What is, what do? Um, you know, like, I'm not sure what just happened there. But no, but Cynical is is one of the best things that they've written in years. Like, in 15 years. And so, like, I think that Cynical is probably, like, number two for me, mm. like, song-wise. But <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily doing them in any order other yeah. than Man Overboard, because, like, Man Overboard is right. fantastic. But Number one is a bullet. Yes, exactly. Well, let's talk about uh, some pop punk music. Okay. Um, because you and I had this whole conversation once. So, okay, let me preface this a little bit. You and I were recording some episodes of Blink and You'll Miss It. Yes. And we hit stop on the recording. Also, as I said, that I double-checked to make sure my thing was still recording. Because I, anytime I mention the word, I get, like, paranoid and go, am I? Yes, okay. Um, so... You know, we were we we hit stop and then we just started talking for like honestly it was like an hour and it was just about like what happened to pop punk music where did pop punk music go because there's so many bands that today say oh we're pop punk and I go no you're not bud mm. like that's that's not pop punk at all mm. um but then you know some people were kind of like well there, there's still some stuff out there and people have been sort of sending me things and so I kind of want to see like since that conversation yeah has have you discovered anything new. I don't think I've discovered anything new since that conversation. I am a big pop punk apologist. Okay. Um, now, I'm, what do you mean by that exactly? Like, I, I, you know, like, are you saying that you apologize for? I'm saying like I, I love pop punk, and I, I'm, so, I'm also okay. I, I always let me let me let me use a, a a a rhetorical crutch here and put this in terms of of the simpsons cuz that helps me uh be easier talking too right the. um i am a big simpsons apologist because i now i'm 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 a little behind because i have a crazy listening and watching tv schedule and i'm an yes. insane person but i will go to bat for the simpsons current and recent seasons Against anyone who says that The Simpsons hasn't been good since X. Um, in the same way, I believe that pop punk is alive and well. 
It's just that it's not not your grandfather's pop punk. It's not well, and, and well, actually, I would say a lot of it is very much like your grandfather's pop punk. Like I think that like there are definitely people that are taking notes from what was going on in like 2000, like take like that, you know, are, 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 you know, sucking at the teat of take off your pants and jacket to make the weirdest image ever. Um, though not inappropriate, (laughs) um, to like make, make music that sounds like turn of the millennium pop punk. Um, I think that they don't necessarily call it that. And I think that, Oh, so do you, so, okay. So let me, let me just kind of, Jump in there real quick. Yeah. Uh, so, are you saying that there are people who are pop punk but don't call it pop punk? I and I, then there are people that are pop punk, sorry, that aren't pop punk but call themselves pop punk. I don't think. I think that the latter group of people is much more rare than um, than the former. I think that there are people that I think. Well, genres are a bristly topic with me because I there you know. That you can't find a, a more social construct than 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 genres, um, and they're bullshit. But like, if you know, so pop punk as a genre, I don't think people necessarily use it anymore, unless it's as like a pejorative. I think that it's sort of like how emo was in like two thousand two, right? Where it's like, oh, you're so emo, and it's like. Oh, that emo band, but I was listening to an emo song, and ironically, maybe, mostly what people in 2002 were talking about when they were talking about emo was pop punk. Um, like, emo is a whole... Listen to my song, listen to my episode of Blinking Missed uh, <clears throat> about the song emo uh, for a right. a history of the, of, of, the, of the genre. Of the word, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I ha- so I was listening to an, an episode of the Great Albums podcast, about Saves the Days, Stay What You Are, which is a great episode, um, featuring a guy named Matt. And I'm really happy. I have a whole list of things that I annotate so that I, when I get to it, I know why I put it on the list. Um, in a band named Feeny, F-E-E-N-Y. And they have a, an album called No Beauty in Routine that I haven't listened to yet, but it sounds like they they were they they're gonna be sort of what we're talking about currently. So they tw- there's a band that's named after Mr. Feeney, right? That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they're from New Jersey, of course. Um, and um, I haven't listened to their album yet, but it's on my list to listen to. And from what I heard him talking about, there's it's sort of like what we're talking about, where it's like it's currently being made. But it's music that you and I would recognize from the, you know, early two thousands. Okay. So I don't know. I, I mean, and and that that's not to say it's. I, I don't know if it's good. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I honestly can't speak to it because I haven't listened to it yet. Um, you should listen to it, and and you know, you the listener should listen to it and check it out because you know, small yeah, bands right small bands deserve attention regardless of of you know. If they're if they're making authentic pop punk, but, I agree with that. I'll, um, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. Yeah. So I mean that that's one that that occurred to me um, because uh, of what we were talking about of how like um, yeah is is it being currently made? I think that it is. I think that it's just sort of not on the radar of you know it's not on it's not on on the TV at my at my college uh, mm-hmm. cafeteria. Um, 
You know, I, I, sorry, not to derail this, but I, yeah. I do want to make a point because something that you let's do it. Something that you said did kind of make me think of this. Uh, local bands should be supported the same way that local businesses should be supported. Um, Absolutely, it is like, look, <clears throat> I get it. Like, I'm not one to bullshit people, right? Like, if I think a band isn't great, I'm not necessarily going to go tell them to their face, but I'm I'm not going to maybe listen again necessarily but excuse me but the thing is like you should give everybody a chance because and also like stop asking a local band that's just starting to get you free tickets to something like it's the same thing as as a business right like you want them to if you really do want to support them and you want them to grow go to the gig and pay for it so that they can continue to do this you know yep absolutely Um, and you know that includes things with like streaming pre-ordering albums, downloading stuff like, you know, yep. just, just do it. Stop trying to get stuff for free. Doesn't matter if you're how close of friends you are. Like, you know, I, you know, I've, I don't, I can't remember a single time. The only time I think I ever got anything for, for free, quote unquote, from Stack Like Pancakes was, uh, on a time where like, because I was in college and I literally had like $5 to my name at the point and they helped, helped me, uh, get somewhere that was like the door was ten dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like one of them basically gave me another five dollar bill, right? And I got it. You know, like and that's how I got it. Like and that was that was very kind of them. You know. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to no, like, fully fine. interrupt. But what also you said made me think of that. Independent podcasting too. Yes. Oh, hey, yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> hi, I'm Colin Parker from the Scavengers <laughs> Network, uh, and I'd like to talk to you about no pain. Um And you know, I I, I do agree though to. Uh, you know, to some of the stuff that you were saying, though, also about some of these groups that, because, I mean, I don't know, it's weird, like, it's also interesting to me what bands you, like, somehow never hear about, mm-hmm. right? So, they haven't put anything out since 2008, right? Okay. So, it's been 10 years at this point. Uh, but there was a band that was a part of, um, a part of, uh, of uh, Fat Records. Okay. That was called. I, now I don't know how to pronounce it because I've never heard anyone say it out loud. It's either the Dillinger or Dillinger. Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, is it that what it's or called? Dillinger I it was the 4. Dillinger Four. Dillinger, Dillinger Four. Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I literally like never heard about them yeah. ever until the night that you and I were talking about like where did pop punk go, and I was like, hey, what the hell happened to pop punk? Right. And I was kind of mostly just making a joke, and then of course a million people were like, listen to this band, listen to this band. And then I listened to some of them, and I was like, no, this is not pop punk. Or maybe I was being an old curmudgeon and was like, oh, this is garbage. But like then uh, Trevor Holtner, also of Mbim Bambino Podcasters, uh, said like, hey, listen to this album. Let's like just listen to the first few songs and just tell me what you think, right? Like if you if you like those first few songs, you'll like the whole album. He was like, I haven't gone back and listened to the rest of it, he goes, but. This album in particular feels very good to me. And I went and I listened to it. And it's an album called Civil War. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, within the first like three songs, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm definitely staying to the end of this song, uh, to the end of this uh, album. And it is an album that, I mean, I would, I put on repeat, honestly, for like ages. Um, and like that's to me, like that's when I know an album is good, when I can put something on repeat. And just listen to it nonstop for like multiple days in a row. Yeah. And it's not even that I get tired of it. It's just that I kind of like, I, I move on, but then I will come back to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, albums that I've done that with are basically every Blink-182 album, except for the untitled album um, and the earliest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that with um, the m- most recent Alkaline Trio album. Um, okay. And also, I mean, it's weird. Like, 
I can do it with most of God damn it. Mm. But like, uh, you know, my cousin Jeb just recently was talking about how uh, the Dan Andriano acoustic song really pulls you out of it. Um, mm. But My Shame is True and God Damn It are, are two albums that I can really get on, you know? Um, no. It's very strange. Um, I have to, I, that, this is your show. So, yes. um, listeners probably know this. How old are you? I am 27. Okay. And I'm, and and by the way, I'm never going to be like, oh, you're young, you don't know. But it does like contextually, like when when you discover albums and stuff, sometimes can 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 matter. Like a five year difference can can super matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. So and like I so I got into Alkaline Trio uh, right after From Here to Infirmary came out. Um, my that was yeah. like my uh, freshman year of college, and my friend Riley who is one of the aforementioned Bare Naked Ladies fans. I, I talk about Riley all the time. He was huge in my musical education. Um, right. Uh, gave me, gave me uh, actually played Armageddon for me from, uh, from, from Here to Infirmary, and then lent me the whole album, and I picked other songs that I liked way more than Armageddon. Um, and then I started dating a girl who was also in Alkaline Trio. So God Damn It is actually super close to my heart, and I think... That the Dan Adriano songs, it's it's multiple songs, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't there an acoustic song on the end of each side? Am I not? Am I thinking? Well, yes, about? but like it's it's the one. So there's on "Enjoy Your Day" and "Sorry About That." I believe it's "Enjoy Your Day" okay. that I'm talking about. Now, see, the problem is, I okay, hang on. Now I had to like literally. Now you're gonna make me go listen to it because I can never remember. How good, or like, or what it is, because like I'm always like, oh, I I really don't like this song. It um, cuts now. It cuts into it cuts in between nose over tail as you were clavicle and my little needle, which are the yeah. best songs on the album. And I'll give you that. I'll give yeah. you that. I'll give you that. It yep, cuts in yep, between. Yep, yep, yep. It's enjoy your day. Uh, sorry, not to cut you off. It's just like yeah. I hit play on it and just hit, like went to the direct middle of the song, and I heard two notes, and I went, yep, nope, that's it. That is that's the song. Enjoy your day. Just really. Hmm. I don't know. It pulls me out of that album, and it's, and again, it's right in like the middle. Yeah, it's so literally like, it's it, literally the end of side one. Yeah, it like it pulls me out so like it's like a it's like so, like you're like skydiving and someone pulls the ripcord before you're ready for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now uh, it's it's unsettling. All right. What about this though? Okay. On an album, on a vinyl record. Yes. This splits very evenly. Yes. Some something that I think is fun to do. And again, I'm a little unhinged when it comes to what's fun to do, so bear with me. <laughs> okay. Um, listen to – sometimes try and listen to albums, especially like older albums that were formatted this way. And I think this is ba- – I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was formatted in a way that, that it's supposed to be split into two halves. Mm-hmm. Listen to the first side of that album okay. and then give it a day and then listen to the second side of that album. And see if enjoy your day. Is it just okay? What I'm what I'm defending here is that it breaks up the flow of the album. Yes, it's not so much of how, how do I say this? Like I have no problem with acoustic tracks, right? Okay, that it's not the fact that it's an acoustic track in the middle of the album, right? Yeah, okay. uh, because other bands have done that sort of thing, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, it is the fact that like it feels like it was written as he recorded it. <laughs> and I mean like literally like on the fly because there's so like, and again, there's a lot of really good bands where the vocals aren't necessarily great. Right. right? Um, and 
you know, again, that, that's sort of where I, I'm at with, with punk music in general, right? Like, there, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that makes that genre, punk and pop punk, kind of a joy in a way. Uh-huh. Is that sometimes it's really good music and you're kind of like, the, gr- the vocals can be really grating. And sometimes I'm okay with it, and sometimes it's really it's really impossible for me. Hi, I'm James but, Anderson. I like Newfound Glory, so I know just what you're yeah, talking about. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Leah Pakofsky, that's also your favorite band, so you know, shout out to you. Um, but the thing is, is that like, and the thing is like, his vocals aren't the worst, right? And like, I know it's, it's you know, maybe that's some people are going to go, oh, you're wrong. But the thing is, are we talking about Dan, Dan or Jordan? Jordan? I'm so sorry. I've gotten us off on the, on. on oh, the... no, sorry. I, well, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm sort of, I guess really. You're talking about Dan. The whole band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But going back to Alkaline Trio, though, with Dan yeah. Andriano, um, uh, that song, like he has so many great songs mm-hmm. and, uh, Dan Andriano in the emergency room is a great group. Yeah. His I little side project. Out. And like they are so so good. Uh, there are multiple songs on his albums that like I will like I will put the album on repeat. But there are some songs that I literally listen to multiple times in a row because I just like I'm still trying to capture every moment of it. Yeah. Um, but he in this song, he is just like there is so much of that. And uh, as he's like trying to find the notes, like scooping in and out. I mean, honestly, Tom DeLonge did, did that a lot, too, in the later years. But it was like, that was Tom not being able to hear the note at all. Because remember, oh, I never sent it to you. But I was telling you about Reckless Abandon, uh-huh. where he clearly could not hear yeah. the, the note that he was supposed to be on. Yeah. And he's like, on and on, sing it. And then like he lets the group sing, yeah. like the band, like not the band, the audience. And then he can hear it. And then he starts going. But like he just, it's like scooping in and out. And it's just like. He's just sort of like screaming, but like kind of about nothing. And it's just kind of this really, like, it's such a whiny song. Oh, you know what? What's that? I think I maybe agree with you. And I think I was defending the wrong song. <laughs> you, do you think you were defending? Um, oops, sorry sorry about that. Yep. Yeah. I was yep. defending. Yep. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Enjoy your day is fine. Um, but it's not. I could definitely lop it off the album and it'd be fine. It's not. Yeah, sorry same. about that. The album closer, yeah, is is like if you took uh, Enjoy Your Day, yeah, and gave him like a weekend to work on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like um, it, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, and and like I said, it does split up like the best song, like Nose Over Tail, Clavicle, and My Little Needle are like some of my favorite songs of all time. So, mm-hmm. like, um, I definitely, like, you kind of have to start anticipating, by the time they were at Good Morning, Alkaline Trio, it was sort of like, and now here's the Dan acoustic track. Yep. Right. And back into Matt Skiba playing music that I enjoy. I'm so sorry, yeah. Dan. I love your music. You're a great musician. But Dan, like, I think, really grew. <laughs> like, that, that's the thing. Like, not that Matt Skiba didn't grow, but, like... A lot of Matt's stuff has kind of stayed true to itself over the years, mm. whereas like Dan Andriano's music, you can tell that there was major growth as a musician. And what's interesting um, is Matt that. was the rookie, like the rookie non, like he was a drummer when he got mm-hmm. when he started out when he started Alkaline Trio, and then so he was sort of the, I guess the pro, and like Dan was sort of the established musician, right. Um, singer at least like he was the one that had actually sung on albums before right um but i guess when you have a when you're talented you're talented i guess right i mean you know some people just kind of have it and before we get into the kind of 
uh, last portion of this uh, thing. Yeah. So real quick, just because we are talking about albums that we can put on repeat, um, I have an album that like it's not pop punk. Okay. But I've been I've been looking for any excuse to plug this album as much as possible. Okay. Um, and if you like just jamming out in general, uh-huh. uh, I have the album of the summer and really of the year for you. It is by a band called Ripe, and the name of the album is Joy in the Wild Unknown. From the first track, Little Lighter, all the way to the ending track, which is called X-Life, it is 12 songs, but 53 minutes, right? Uh-huh. It is nonstop the funkiest funk you can find out there. It is unbelievably tight, uh, and like they, I can't even begin to describe this dude. Like, And I'm going to, at some point, on uh, Culture Shock, on another show that we have yeah. on the network, but it is an album that like I cannot describe enough like the lyrics are incredible the vocalist has just a voice of just velvet it is so goddamn smooth uh the instrumental parts i mean the instrumentalists that all the instrument players rather uh, are just like again they're tight they're succinct they are thoughtful with everything that they do um the horn lyrics the horn licks rather sorry are just insanely good and there are multiple moments in which like the whole band will play the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Very similar to like the way like there's that like little kind of breakdown in Sir Duke, right? By uh-huh. um by uh, Stevie Wonder, right? Sure. Uh, like that, like there's something like that in, in a lot of the songs, but it is just, I mean, literally like it gets me grooving. It gets me dancing. Michael Palmer, who's in uh, Myth Takes and is also on an episode of this uh, show. Uh, I showed it to him and I continuously get texts from him being like, oh, today it's downward. Today I'm just jamming it downward. I can't stop getting over it. And then like I'll like there's a song on this album called Stanky, mm-hmm. and like there is no other word for that song because it is like you don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I do like, know what you're saying. Oh, it is. It it literally is just Stanky, and it is so good. Well, I have um, added it to my list. Fantastic. Um, I did. I do. I like. I said. I uh, I do like to annotate. So I said recommended by Colin whilst we recorded, and then in maybe a Freudian sort of situation, uh, I wrote bad pop punk as opposed to bad pen pal, uh, which is oh, there you go. See, which I was like, wait, that's same not initials. right. Wait a minute. Oh, it, there it is. Okay. Um, different words, but yeah. So uh, I have that written down. That sounds really really great. Um, have you ever heard of a Virginia Beach ska band called Jack Move? I have not, but that's fantastic that you just told me that they are from Virginia Beach. Yeah. Because you said Jack Move or Jack Moves? Jack Move. Like, okay. hmm. like if you were telling your friend Jack to move oh, and is. you forgot a okay. space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Which album? Because right. I'm on there and I'm going to I'm gonna give it a follow. So... Uh, fifty fifty is the album that I that I know and love. Okay. Um, the song "Drunken Tiger" and "Dirty Machete." If you're not into listening to the whole thing, I can't vouch for all of the songs. Some of the songs are are very like, let's call it, let's say experimental. But and it's been a while since I listened to it. But I will say, "Drunken Tiger" and "Dirty Machete" were the ones that I would go to like listening to CD back in the day mm-hmm. and uh, that they would like close concerts with. So that's awesome. I, you know, I will ask um, my cousin if he ever like played with them or anything like that, because uh, my cousin Jeb was in a pop punk band in Virginia beach. Okay. Um, or around the time frame that this band was, was still operating. Um, what was so the, what was the band's name? 
Uh, he was in a couple different ones back in the day. During around this time, uh, he was in a band called The Sideline. Okay. Um, and they like toured Japan. They they were they were getting pretty damn big, uh, and it was just an unfortunate situation that that band ended. Uh, now, granted, he is off doing impressive things now. I'm very proud of him because he is. Uh, he went back to school to become a heart surgeon. Nice. And well, I mean, so yeah, he that, went wow. from he went from being a pop punk, you know, like touring band that uh, that Japan called the next Blink 182. Um, okay. Back in the day, and like you know, it was just I mean. Literally, like, like I said, I will not. I'll tell people if I think something is not great. He was in a couple bands in his high school days that I wasn't like super stoked on, even though I idolized him. But the sideline was the band that of his that I was like, hell yes, dude, you you found it, you found it. This is the one. Um, but uh, unfortunately, their stuff is not online, so I'll find a way to get Dang it. Dang it! All right, cool. Um, but uh, so real quick, let's. I we're kind of. I'll have to edit a little bit, but uh, it's okay if this kind of goes a little long because the Jordan Reed episode went long too. But I just kind of feel like when you've got good stuff, you know, it's it's fine to just, you know, do that, you know, just to talk. I my uh, podcasting style is um, I just way too much. I just talk exactly, and then I'm not usually the editor, so like I just like throw to air, and I'm just like, well. I think we got some good stuff. Have a good week. I, I got to say, I sometimes feel bad for you when, whenever you and I have done any blink and you'll miss it because like, we'll be like, okay, five minutes. And then we're like, we got this, we got this. And then we'll talk for 20 minutes. And then I go, how the hell is he going to narrow that down? And like, that's why I still think that like, unless you've like deleted files, I think that you should put out like extended versions, like in season two or something. I definitely have, um, I definitely have most of sometimes I accidentally hit the you know the old command s without saving yeah. as but I definitely have like most of the unedited stuff uh still saved. Um season 2 is going to be all like b-sides and rarities mm-hmm. um because I had a listener who heard of me from another Blink-182 podcast. So That's cool. Yeah. Um That's cool. That uh B-sides and rarities uh season 3 Angels and Airways maybe. Now, okay, the the Are you gonna go the, there? the obvious the obvious thing to do is a, is a season of angels and airwaves and transplants, right? Transplants, yes. I don't, but I don't know. Want to do that? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so either. But here's the thing: they are apparently already making new music, so that could be a season. No, three. yeah, and and if the plan is besides and rarities plus new album if it's out, mm-hmm. I think season two. I'm gonna wait. Last uh, season one ends on October fourth, um, and I think I'm going to wait until like basically like January first, whatever the first Monday of Jan- of 2019 is, is when I think season two is going to come out. Um, so Blink has until the end of the year to finish recording, um, mm-hmm. which is ambitious, right? But but you know not we'll un- not undoable. I mean like right. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I I, I appreciate uh, all my editors, uh, e- even when they're me. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah. Yeah. No. Same. Um, okay. So that's enough of the. Well, I mean, not necessarily enough of the pop punk, but <laughs> I think you know. I don't know. It's very possible that we'll hear us talk about pop punk a lot more um, throughout the throughout the years and stuff. <laughs> but um, let's sort of get into this kind of ending section here. Yes. Um. So just in case. Uh, uh, anyone out there has never heard an episode of the show before. What we do is, is the last guest asks a question that 
you and I will answer first, right? Like I'll I'll go just to kind of give you some time since I've had time to think it over. Okay. And then you will ask a question which you will answer. Okay. But that question, your question will be answered on the next episode. Okay. It's a way to sort of keep the guests in a way kind of connected. Yeah, um, Which absolutely. is kind of a nice thing. In a crazy, fantastical lizard person world. Okay. What would lizard person you be doing? Okay. Like for um, a job. Right, for a job. Because I would assume, just like any other normal alternate universe, you know, your pathway would have split. And also, you're a lizard person, so life is clearly a little different. Right. I am kind of a wimp as a normal person, right? Like, okay. I'm not one to fight or get into physical fights. But, like, I feel like if I was a lizard person, I would feel way more confident in myself. And uh, I'm imagining that this isn't like a U.S. military sort of situation, right? Like, this is, like, the type of thing where... Think of like fantasy novels and stuff like that where you just sort of have a champion that goes out into the into the world with like a sword and a shield and is just like taking on these other places and, you know, just, you know, taking on onslaughts of enemies. I imagine that I am some sort of lizard hero, um, but that secretly wishes he could be a poet. Yeah. But just like, like got okay. really confident, got really confident, like when he was growing up. And then all of a sudden there was all this expectation of him to go be a hero. But like at night he's like, oh, but I really wish that I could just write this poem for this mm-hmm. one female lizard that I've really had, you know, that I've loved for for years and years and years. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, that sounds uh, intense and cool. <laughs> uh, I like I like that a lot. I think – okay. Now, I don't know this world. Mm-hmm. Um, or the world you've created. Um, <laughs> I think... At, all right, so at first, I was like, movie star. Nah. In the government, no. Um, and then I was like, I think I would be doing podcasting, but I think on this world, that might look like just standing on my roof and yelling. <laughs> Which yes. is not okay. dissimilar to what podcasting actually it is. It is a lot of just standing <laughs> on your roof and yelling. Yes, I um, feel that. I think that I would probably have some sort of day job, uh, maybe some sort of like – I'm, I'm kind of a people person. So maybe interacting with people in some way, like a, like a public transport officer, like a, like okay. a, like a metro driver. And then at night – um, I could call, I could call my podcast like night train because again, this is, um, right. Yes. Okay. This is an alternate universe. So like that, like that would have no, no pop cultural cachet other than my own. Um, right. And so then, and, but again, it would be just me like, you know, at 10 PM every night I go up kind on my like roof a, and high pitched scream my, my opinions into, into the ether. Kind of like I, a herald or like town crier. A little bit like, like that. not an official one. But like my, my, my opinions on like wh- how Pitch Perfect 3 was a weird ass movie. Stuff like that. It's like, look, I get we're lizard people, but it was kind of insane when we bit the head off of our enemy in that film, right? Like, right, exactly, am I the only exactly. person? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, you know what's weird is the the one connecting point that I feel like this would have to our own world mm-hmm. is Liz Lemon would also exist in 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 this lizard world. It's just that yes, she'd be but she's a lizard, a lizard, right? Right. It's not Elizabeth. It's lizard, and everyone's right. like, "Isn't that a little on the nose?" And she's like, "You mean the snout?" Yes. <laughs> um, I'm also imagining that just like for some weird reason, even though again we're all lizard people, and like 
our equivalent of dogs are humans. Yeah. I just imagined that just somehow it would still just be Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. But everyone would just be totally cool with that. Everyone's like, oh, but you're not like the other. No, yeah. You know, yeah. like dogs or pets or whatever. Like, you know, you're, you're, this is something in- interesting. Like, I wouldn't. Like Lassie. <clears throat> yeah. And now I'm kind of wondering though, does, is it more of that we all have just an alternate self or is it that we are all literally like it is just, these are people, like I'm trying to wonder if like what David Letterman the lizard would look like. Des- David Lizardman? David Lizardman. He's like, uh, my next guest, uh, my next guest, have you heard about this guy? <laughs> a little, little, little tongue coming out. He's like, uh, hey. <clears throat> Paul would just be like, for some weird reason, a snake that does have arms, no legs, but like, it is like a snake that can just like really, because it's just so smooth. and you know, he'd, Yeah, he'd look very similar to how Paul Schaefer looks now, though. Yeah. Like, right. But um, still, still with like the little sunglasses mm-hmm. on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love that. And love actors that. would be like chameleons. Yes. Oh, Tom Hanks would be the best chameleon of them all. And you're like, it's true. Tom Hanks. It's true. Um, okay. So uh, now that we've both answered that question, yes. hit me with the question and your answer to your own question that we will be answering on the next episode. Okay. Um, now, I didn't know that I was going to have to answer this. So fortunately, I talked to my wife and asked her this question beforehand, too. Okay. Um, if I may, yeah. my, uh, my original question was going to be a smart-ass question, and it was this. If you could have five people to dinner, living or dead, mm-hmm. how many chips and dip combinations would you bring? That was the original one. Now, if you want to answer that one as like a bonus, that's that that's fine okay. too. Okay. The uh, the one I came up with eventually after kind of going into like a fugue state and like dozing off and like waking up with this in my head, so you know it's mm-hmm. gonna be good. If you could time travel and meet with no paradoxical consequences, younger you or older you, and talk with them, have a conversation with them, whatever. And retain the information in whatever packet you want. You know, younger you would remember talking to older you, and older you would remember all the all the stuff. Grandfather paradox is, is null and void. Would you want to meet younger you or older you? And also, you could pick how much older. Like, you could go six months right. into the future, or like go go visit sixteen year old Colin. Thank God I don't have to answer this until the next episode. <laughs> you have to answer right now. So give me give me your answer. And you know what? Maybe give me the answer to both just in case. All right. Um I see I always the, the reason why the chips and dip thing Yes. was like I didn't think about I was going to have to answer because I always balk at this when I'm just me I'm just buying stuff for family and friends. Yeah. For me, I'd probably just go like French onion ruffles. Tostitos, salsa, maybe like a queso if I'm feeling saucy, which oh, I would be I feeling saucy. That was not that intentional. Was I'm my right. my brain is amazing, um, <laughs> and my ego is healthy. Um, so, uh, in terms of going to the future or the past, I'd go to the past. Okay. Because I feel like um, I'd I'd go meet probably like. Hmm. middle school or early high school James. I really came into my own as, as this personality in about 10th grade. When I had I, ninth grade, I had a, a history teacher that let me sit wherever I wanted. And that really, really opened me up for whatever reason. Um, like I could sit 
I could move around right. during the day and whatever. Um, but like, if I could go talk to, you know what? I'd go talk to day before seventh grade started James and tell him, bro, it's okay if you don't make friends with the first person you sit next to in your first class. I made friends with someone that was not a nice person. Right. He was blind and I assume still is blind. And so I was coming in with like, kind of like a, if there's a blind kid, help the blind kid, you know, don't, you know, make friends with the blind kid. Okay. So you mean like literal blind? He was actually literally actually blind. Okay. The problem was not in his blindness. The problem was in the fact, I think this was the problem. He had skipped sixth grade. So he was coming into seventh grade from having been in fifth grade previously. He was very smart, but he had almost no social skills. And I associated with him for like a year and a half and kind of cost myself some friendships like potential friendships that I would make later, but like people avoided me because I was the friend, I was friends with this kid. So like I was sort of taking a bullet for the rest of the grade and whatever. Right. So I would go and say, you can be nice to someone without having to hang out with them. And it's also okay to have lunch alone. Yep. 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 Yes. So I feel all of that. Yeah. Um, man. See, the thing is like, I think I know what my answer would be, but like, I don't, obviously I, I have to wait. Yeah. But um, I also like the thing. The thing about this is like, it's it, this is such a funny question in a way because this is a major what if. Yeah. And I've been just recently been saying like I need to stop dealing with what ifs because <laughs> I get I get so stuck in them, and now I have the ultimate what if to think about for two weeks. Well, um, the thing about what ifs is, that, like the thing about this is that it's yeah. it's a stupid. Like, never going to happen, dumb, dumb Oh, question. absolutely. But taking a what if and turning it into a, this is the situation, though. How can I apply right. the question of this what if to the actual scenario and learn something? That's where you... That's where you um, I agree. That's where I you agree go. This that. has been Journey Under 30. I'm James, and... Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, hey, that is a probably... The uh, kind of as Alex always says at the end of those episodes, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it at. Um, so James, why don't you plug your plug your stuff? Yeah, and then we'll say goodbye. Um, okay, well, uh, if you want to hear more of Colin and I talking about pop punk, come on over to Blink and You'll Miss It. Uh, you can search for that on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts. I guess is what they call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can come tweet at me um, for that podcast i am at blink 226 racer and that is blink 182 plus 44 and then racer like boxcar racer um and then if you want to hear me talking to someone other than colin about things other than pop punk for the most part um you could join me on unabashedly obsessed uh where we talk about pop culture not pop culture things that we're reading one time i wrote a choose your own adventure it's just basically whatever we're into. We're two friends that talk about what we're thinking about and, and what we've been reading, whatever. Um, right. And that, you can follow the podcast at UFO Podcast, where the F stands for different things all the time. Um, 
it, it we we say it never stands for for fucking until it does. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you can also follow me on my main Twitter account, and that is at unabashed james or unabashed james uh my name is one letter too long for the adverb unabashedly to uh fit so right. aaron is at unabashedly aaron i am at unabashed james so, you could have been unabashedly jam i could have been or jim if i if i could if i could bring myself to call myself J- yeah J- there you go just take out the i could take out all the vowels and just be right. n- b- but um yeah exactly um so yeah those are those are where to find me uh, and again if you're interested in the countdown show tweet me at either one of those accounts and i'll uh i'll get you Send back you with uh, with the link. info it's not a huge secret or whatever and really it turns out right. that what's keeping me from itunes is the fact that i haven't ever made cover art so right uh but i kind of like the underground feel to it yeah so. no i feel that but yeah, um that's it fantastic that's well Thank you so much, James. Uh, so for me, uh, just like you said, I'm on some of those episodes. I'm on episodes such as 10, 11. Uh, for those are both the Anthem 1 and Anthem Part 2. I am also secretly on episode 22 for Built This Pool. Um, <laughs> I wasn't originally supposed to, but I said something that was like in between recordings and it ended up on an episode. Uh, I'm also on Cynical, which is episode 30, because you know Homeboy's got to be on that song. Um, I mean, I've obviously been on quite a few. 42, um, 49, yep, 42, yep, 49, 60. Yep. 103, 112, 145, and Damn, 151. He has them already. Like, I had almost all of them ready, but I was like, I don't know what the ones that are coming up in the future, but there <laughs> you go. So that, that now you'll know around what days to look for me. Um, at the time of recording this, 70 episodes have already dropped. So you've got plenty of, let's see, what's 70 times 5? 350. That's 350? 350 divided by 6. That's almost 6 hours worth of Blink stuff to listen to. Isn't that pretty wild? Um, just Blink... Blink opinions, blink opinions. Um, you can find me at Colin M. Parker on Twitter. Uh, you can find the Scavengers Network at Scavengers Net on Twitter, at Scavengers Network on Instagram, and the Scavengers Network on Facebook, of course. Um, we made an announcement fairly recently on the YouTube channel that we are taking the month of June off, as we did last year as well, as a sort of season break to work on our backlog. And so we'll be coming out with some new stuff for you in July, but that also includes some new series. So that's kind of fun. And speaking of new series, while I've got your ear, let me tell you real quick that you should be listening to Myth Takes. Um, Myth Takes is a show that we're doing now that is Monster of the Week, uh, and it features uh, almost every single person on the Scavengers Network, um, both video and uh, video and podcasting. It is a rotating cast of Scavengers Network folks, uh, and the first like real full-length story adventure episode drops on June 21st, but we have done introductions of every character, um, so we have four little world-building things, and there is some narration at the beginning and ending to sort of help set the scene a little bit to kind of understand where we're all at and sort of how we're all now in one place, and uh, the first few episodes is going to be basically how we got to that bunker. Um, whoops, I'll have just to let you know that we're in a bunker. In that first <laughs> it's, not, it's not a major secret, but um, it's fantastic. Uh, if I do say so myself. Team um, Annabelle, Team Annabelle, woo! Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so, you know, James is clearly a, a major fan here. Um, 
but it features uh, music. So far, all the music has been from me, but it is going to have music from a few other Scavenger Network folks as well. Uh, and uh, sound effects, Foley work, uh, ambient noise, um, and uh, everyone has a character, and there's just a lot of really fun stuff planned. Um, and because it's rotating cast, I may not necessarily always be the keeper as well. Um, so that is another reason why I also have a character, just in case anyone ever wants to use me. Um, but I also understand that you hear my voice a lot, so you may want to break <laughs> for me and I get it. Um, so, I mean, like, trust me, I, I get that because my mom always tells me that she's done hearing my voice. I'm kidding. She doesn't. And she's going to listen to this episode and I'm going to get in trouble. Hi, Renita. Anyway. Um, so as always, I am your host, Colin Parker. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Bad Pen Pal. This episode is coming to you on June 12th. And so we will see you again on June 26th. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of The Bad Pen Pal. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. And I'll write you back soon.